Do you understand today that the world does not understand why Christians do what they do? Here's an unsaved person, and he sees a person who is a Christian, that Jesus is in the center of his life, and he loves his church, and he lives a righteous and godly life in an ungodly world. And they kind of look at Christians and say, they really don't understand. Because we don't, according to the word of God, we don't live like the world, act like the world, let the world fit us into its mold. In other words, we're really out of place. You know, we're out of place in this world. You know that, don't you? The Bible says we're pilgrims. The Bible says we're strangers. The Bible says we look for a city whose builder and maker is God. And so we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so the question I would ask you is this. Why do we do what we do? As followers of Jesus, why do people leave their family and friends and go to Bolivia or to Ghana or to wherever it is or pour their life in a place like Light for the Village or some of the ministries here in Mobile? Why do we do what we do? The world certainly doesn't understand it. I'm just going to give you three reasons why we do what we do. The first one is this. The redeeming love of our Savior. That's why we do what we do. That's how we are what we are. That's how we can live by the way we live. It is the redeeming love of the Savior that motivates us. Even though we're in this world, not to be conformed to this world. I love the passages in Ephesians 2. And I hope they'll put this on the screen. In Ephesians 2, 1 through 5, then this is why we do what we do. Look what it says. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin. I mean, we were dead, y'all. But look what it says. He made us alive. You once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the devil, and the spirit that now works in, in, in the sons of disobedience among whom we also had uh, conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. And then it says, now this is why we do what we do. But God, who is rich in mercy. Aren't you glad he's rich in mercy today? He's not running out. He's not running out. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his Great love with which he loved us. Oh, the reason we do what we do is we were dead in trespasses and sin. We were walking according to the course of this world. Children of disobedience. But even when we were dead in trespasses and sin, through his great love, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. I'll tell you why we do what we do. It's because we've experienced the redeeming love of the Savior. While we're, we're still in our sin, he had, in his great love, he reached down.
and pulled us out of a sinful world, changed our lives and put us back in it to live for him. There's another great passage about the redeeming love of the Savior, and that's Colossians 2, 13 through 15. And you being dead in trespasses and sin and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made alive together with him. He made us alive together with Jesus, having forgiven all your trespasses. Hey, we do what we do because we've been forgiven. And having wiped out the handwriting of ordinances against us, all the things that were against our name, all the sins we were ever committed, we, we ever committed, washed away by the blood of Jesus, nailed to the cross, having wiped out the handwriting requirements well, that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. We do what we do, whether it's in, in the job where we work in Mobile, whether it's in our neighborhood or community, whether it's in ministries in, in Mobile or around the world, we do what we do because of the redeeming love of our Savior. One of my favorite verses is 2 Corinthians 15, 13 through 15. Now I want y'all to get this. Nobody understood why Paul did what he did. They, they didn't understand it. Now let, let me just say this. When I, uh, I was converted when I was nine, and then when God called me and, and backed me in the corner and, and I, I um, stopped running and my life was just changed radically. I used to ride back and forth to the University of South Carolina when I was off on the weekends with my cousin. And uh, he'd seen me before the God had got a hold of me and he knew there was a change. And he, uh, he said, now I'm just telling you, don't, don't you go too far. Don't, 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 I've heard about Christians going off the deep end. Well, that's where the best fishing is. I don't mind going off the deep end. But he was concerned that I was going to lose my mind. Some people say you did. But anyway, but listen, for Paul said, they didn't understand. If we are beside ourselves, if you don't understand why we live the way we live, if you don't understand why we do what we do, if we're beside ourselves, it is for God. And if we are of sound mind, it is for you. And then he goes on and says, now this is why we do what we do. The love of Christ compels us. We are compelled by the love of Jesus. The love of Christ compels us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all died. And they who live, should no longer, he died for the all, and those who live, now get this, should no longer live for themselves. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We may seem to be beside ourselves, we are. But we believe we're of sound mind. But let me tell you what we do. We realize that he died for us, and so therefore we that live should no longer live for ourselves, but for him, but for him who loved us, and gave himself for us. The reason we do what we do is because of the redeeming love of our Savior. Here's the second thing. The reason we do what we do is because of the peril of the lost. You know, um, I wonder how often people are reminded when they go to the house of worship that they go to. 
Do they realize how perilous it is to be lost? To be lost. Every now and then we'll see a, a, something on television about a person who has maybe Alzheimer's or something, and they, and they don't know where they are, and they're lost, or if a child, and they, they search everywhere, search everywhere, they church the woods, they, they, all these kind of stuff. Because I'm going to tell you something. It's awful to be lost. And now we're dealing with the fact that we live in a world full of lost people. Jesus said, hey, there was a lost sheep. But the shepherd went and got him and brought him back on his shoulders. And then there was a lost coin. And the woman swept her house and found the coin. And then there was a lost son. But then, then Jesus said every time, there's joy in heaven. Over one sinner that repents. You know, I guess they just have a big celebration in heaven every time somebody gets saved. You see, you, you know why we do what we do? Because of the peril of lost people. It is an awful thing to be lost. To be lost from God. To be lost from his plan for your life. To be lost from a glorious eternity that God has prepared for those who loved him. Oh, we do what we do because of the peril of the lost. You know, it says in John three seventeen, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already because he hasn't believed in the name of the son of God. You know what? You work with people, they're lost. They're lost. They don't even understand what it means to be lost. But they're not only lost, they're condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already to judgment, to hell. And so one reason we want, why we do what we do is the peril of lost people. I mean, they're lost. And they don't get a second chance. When they die, it's, that's it. It says in the Bible, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, what? The judgment. So because of the peril of the lost, that's why we do what we do. Now, now here's a verse that I don't hear quoted too much. 2 Corinthians 5.11. We, 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 we love uh, to speak about the love of God. And I want to tell you something. The love of God is amazing, it's awesome. And where all the ocean, uh, ink, and all the world of it, we still couldn't write the greatness of God's love. But you know, God is also a God of wrath. Now listen at this verse. Paul said, y'all think I'm crazy, I'm beside myself. You don't understand why I'm willing to go to jail, willing to be beaten, willing to be thrown run out of town. You all don't understand that, but I, but I, I know why. He said, but this, he said, you know why I do what I do? Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Now, that's a pretty strong word. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And, and it says, but we are well known to God, and I trust also to your own consciousness. I'm going to tell you something. The wrath of God is real. 
The terror of the Lord is real. Judgment is real. And I want to tell you, it is a perilous thing to be lost. Hey, well, I got plenty of time. No, you don't. Oh, yeah, one day I'll settle that. No, you won't. The devil will see that you don't do it. But you need to understand this morning, if you're here and you're not saved, you, you, you're the, in the peril of the lost. And that's why we do what we do. But then there's one other thing. Why do we do what we do? Why do we do that? The redeeming love of our Savior. That's why we go around the world. That's why we lay down our lives in, in, in this city. Because of the redeeming love of our Savior, but because of the peril of the lost. There's one verse I want you to see before I get away from this. James 5.20. I want you to look at this. We, we don't hear much. Of, For let him know that he who turns a sinner. Said, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death. And cover a multitude of sins. Did you hear that? When God uses you to turn a sinner from the error of his way, you save a soul. God does from death. And it hides a multitude of sin. That's why we do what we do. The peril of the lost. And that we, we want to honor our Savior. In Matthew 9, I just want to read this. I'm going to pray. Matthew 9. We want to honor our Savior. In Acts 1.8 he said, You will see power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. He said, Now, I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit, and you're going to be my witnesses around the world, starting at home. But then in Matthew 26 it says, talks about, uh, but when he saw the multitudes... This is Jesus. He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like a sheep having no shepherd. Don't you know it broke the heart of the Son of God? He knew that he was going to die on the cross for these people. But he knew many of them would ignore him and reject him. But boy, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That's still true today. There's never been a greater harvest field in America than it is right now. There's never been a greater harvest field in Mobile, Alabama than it is right now. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We do what we do because we want to honor our Savior who said that he needed laborers into his vineyard, laborers who would share the good news of Jesus. You know, it's all right to be different in a world that wants everybody to act like and talk like. Because when Jesus Christ comes into your life, you not only become a new creation, but you embrace a new lifestyle. And that lifestyle is one where Jesus Christ lives his life in you, and you live a righteous life. A godly life, a holy life, a life that honors God. You march to a different drummer. You don't march to the drum of this world. You follow the Savior. That's why we do what we do. And that's why we support every missionary we support. Because Jesus loved us. 
And he told us the peril of lost people. And we, he said, listen, I need laborers in the harvest. 